Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Welcome to Calvary Church for our Evensong service. Um, it's good to have you here. Um, I want to say I brought a, a little prop into the pulpit today. And you actually have these in your pew. These are our stewardship cards for the season. And so this kicks off our stewardship season. October, we'll have five weeks. And if you look on the back of your card, it actually tells you uh, the sermon series, what we're kind of focusing on. And it's these five solas. Now, sola, that's just a fancy word. It's Latin. It just means only. Like singing a solo. You're only singing by yourself. So the idea is these, these five solos from the Reformation 500 years ago, uh, we're going to be preaching on these as, as a way of kind of bringing you into stewardship. And now I know when churches talk about money and it gets kind of icky, uh, that's not the point here. The point is to show you that God has done his work for you. And anything that we do give, it's just a response. We're not doing it uh, to, to gain uh, merit or favor. We're doing it simply as an overflow of a response of his grace. So my theme today is our only foundation, which is, which is scripture alone. Uh, sola scriptura in Latin. So that was one of the battle cries, the rallying cries of the Reformation. Let me just say a brief word on the Reformation. We're not pro-Reformation, pro-Protestant, just because we're anti-things. That's not the idea. We're not protesting uh, anybody. In fact, the word protest, it means to to put forth, to proclaim. That's the idea. So it's actually more about what we're for. And what are we for when we're saying scripture alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone, by grace alone, and for God's glory alone. These are actually positive statements that Christians throughout time have always agreed on. Uh, now, they maybe bicker on like the, the distinctions of what these mean, but at their core, uh, all Christians want to be scriptural. All Christians uh, insist on grace. All Christians insist on Christ alone, or at least they should on paper. So we're, we're drawing attention to that. So I want to invite you if, you, if you have this pledge card, take it with you, and you're invited this Tuesday to join us. We're having a big stewardship party over at St. George's Church, our other, other church, part of the parish of Calvary St. George's. And yeah, it's gonna, we're going to have great food there. I don't have the menu with me. I brought it earlier, but uh, that alone is worth coming for. But if you do come and, and feel led to leave a pledge, uh, bring it with you filled out. I'm going to do that too. So sola scriptura. Scripture alone. Why the Bible? You know, we live in a, a culture that's a little bit skeptical of, of the Bible. Uh, the cat's been out of the bag, if you were. If you've been to college and you took a, an ancient literature class or any kind of class in the realm of uh, philosophy or religion or uh, history, you you've might have heard, and this is not true of all, all professors, I'm not trying to villainize anyone, but it's that typical thing. You know, someone grows up in faith and they go off to college and they get scared out of it. So people are skeptical, naturally, of Scripture, uh, and rightfully so on some level. We had morning prayer just the other day over here, and we were reading in Second Kings, and the whole, the whole passage was when uh, Jezebel was being slaughtered. And it's really kind of ghastly. Uh, and I thought, Lord, please bring these visitors back. Maybe not scare them away with this blood. Uh, but I'm only kidding a little bit. Uh, there's, there are parts of Scripture where you're like, ah! But the point is, taken in totality, uh, all of Scripture is our basis for our life and doctrine. We don't, we don't go on tradition. We don't go on our best attempts at reason. You've heard that been said before, that uh, Episcopalians or Anglicans uh, have this three-legged stool of Scripture, tradition, and reason. That's actually a com- complete nonsense. That comes from a, a misreading of Richard Hooker. The idea is Scripture alone is our foundation. And yeah, we read it through the lens of tradition. It helps us to kind of guide our reading. And yeah, we read it uh, with our best insights and our best reason, but they in themselves are not authorities. It's only Scripture. 
So I'm nerding out a little bit here, talking a little bit about this, this idea of Scripture alone. And when I say Scripture alone, I don't mean nuda scriptura. That's another word. It simply means naked Scripture. The idea that the, it's me and my Bible and Jesus and that's good. we're good to go. Uh, which sounds good on its own, but the point is uh, you have to read it in context. You have to read it um, in the full context of the, the whole meaning of, of the Old and the New Testament. And they're both leaning on Christ. Bear with me as I kind of work through. The, I'm teaching a little bit here. I'll get to the sermon proper in a second. But um, the point is, it's sola scriptura, not nuda scriptura. Scripture alone, but not the naked scriptures. So I'm going to give you a few analogies, some ways we've thought about scripture before. And these are actually, some of them are helpful and some of them are not. So you've often heard that the Bible is our owner's manual. Or maybe you haven't heard that. I've heard that. I've seen bumper stickers. I've seen t-shirts and they're terribly cheesy. Um, you have to have your owner's manual everywhere you go. And I don't like that analogy is because what, what did you do when you were a kid and you opened up a toy and it had an owner's manual in it? What did you do? You tossed it. You never read that thing. Or you got a new car when you were 16. I know New Yorkers don't really drive that much, but when I got a new car, um, the owner's manual was never consulted, ever, ever. And so the point is, I don't like to think of Scripture as an owner's manual, and I don't think you, you should either. Another, so another kind of way people think about Scripture is it's merely a history book. Uh, it's, it's something that happened long, long ago, but it has nothing to do with me now. And that's actually not very helpful. Uh, the last time I read history probably was in, uh, I don't know, sophomore year of college. Those books are packed away. They've collected dust. I mean, you may be a history buff. I'm not personally. I'm not against you. If you are, it's great. But it's just not the most interesting subject for 99% of us. And so I don't like to think of uh, Scripture as merely history either. But this is the most sinister. The third one, uh, the third analogy, people think of Scripture as sort of their magic eight ball. Now I was raised in the 80s and 90s. Uh, the magic eight ball, if you're not familiar, it was a little toy it was an eight ball, as in pool, as in billiards, and you shook it up, and you asked it a question, and then it would say yes or no or maybe so. It'd be like, should I take Jennifer to the prom? And it would say no. <laughs> and so you got your, you know, of course it's a toy. No one really took wisdom from it. But people treat the Bible that way. They shake it up, and they open it up to a passage, and then they say, boom, this is what I'm supposed to do today. This is that's complete nonsense. You heard about the guy who did that. He shook it up and he found this, this passage. It said, Judas hanged himself. So the guy thought to myself, okay, what am I supposed to do with that? So he flips. He says, surely that's not what God meant to say. Go and do likewise. <laughs> of course, I mean, we cannot do that. It's, it's a ridiculous example. And it's completely false. I mean, no one's ever done that. But people treat the Bible that way. They treat it as sort of this like crystal ball, magic eight ball that has like a direct correspondence uh, one-to-one from text to your life and that is not at all the point the point is it is it is for you and it is for us now but not in that way that's that's a very american uh north american way of thinking about it so what are some helpful ways of thinking of scripture scripture alone is our authority i like to think of it as a hunting dog hunting dog think about a good pointer hunting dog when they see the game they point they point their whole body at it they lift their arm and they point in their leg and the idea is that the Bible is a, a hunting dog pointing to Christ. So if you're reading scripture and you, you come across these passages like we did in morning prayer or like with Judas or whatever it may be, the, the question you should be asking is how does this whole framework point to Christ? Not what does it do for me right now in my life? How can I gain 10 you know, business principles or how can I have five surefire ways to find a Christian spouse or whatever it is, all the silly things you see at the bookstore. The point is it points to Christ. It's a hunting dog. The second helpful analogy, I think of it as a letter. And we just read St. Paul's letter to Timothy, but uh, the scripture is sort of God's address to us. 
Now, he doesn't say, dear Jay, or dear congregation. But the idea is it does have relevance to you. It does. Just not in the way that the Magic 8-Ball folks think it does. And thirdly, and lastly, probably most scripturally, uh, I think of Scripture as a lamp. As the psalmist says, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. We had a funeral yesterday at St. George's, and Tom Pike preached, and he had a quote from John of the Cross that says, Life is not a problem to be solved, it's a mystery to be lived. And I think that's really, really beautiful in its own way, but I want to add to it and say, if it is a mystery to be lived, Scripture is that lantern we carry with us to go in, into the mystery, uh, so we kind of know where we're going. Maybe just one step at a time, but God always gives what's sufficient in his word. All right, so those are some helpful analogies. I want to talk a little bit, just very briefly, about Isaiah. So we read Isaiah as our first reading. And by the way, Evensong, the whole point of Evensong, we've said this, and we'll say it till we're blue in the face, it's for you to receive. It's for you to hear. God speaks. He is the God who continues to speak through his word. And that's the point of this service. But we read Isaiah. He says that the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. And that's powerful. That's a powerful hope that Isaiah was proclaiming in his time. And in some ways, it was self-referential. He was saying, look, I'm going to fade away. The grass withers. The flowers fade. But the word that I'm telling you stands forever. And that's a great comfort, friends, because we're, we're surrounded by withering and fading entities in our lives. Whether it be our jobs, which, you know, today may be going really well, but tomorrow they could wither and fade. You never know. Our relationships, they wither and fade every day. Our very own selves are withering and fading, both in body, mind, and spirit. We're, we're falling apart. And so in the midst of all this withering and fading, we need something to anchor on to. We need something to grab on that's sure and steadfast and consistent, and that's only God's word. So the, the flowers fade, the grass withers, but the word of God stands forever. Now that's a little abstract. It's a little abstract. We think about that. How does that word get to us? Well, through the reading of Scripture, which we've done today, through the preach word, which I hopefully am doing now, uh, and also chiefly in the sacraments, when you receive his body and blood, and when you receive water poured on your head, and you're united to Christ in his death and baptism, uh, death and resurrection. These are the means of grace. That's the way this word gets to you. Uh, so you don't have to go grabbing for it. It comes to you in these services. God uh, sees to it. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. So in the midst of all this, this fading and withering, and death, and decay, and just falling apart, us frail humans, uh, that's when God's word speaks most clearly, when we're having a crisis. And if you're not going through one right now, you, you will soon. Uh, we all are. We're always either on our way out of one, or in one now, or uh, going into one. It's like my papa always said, if it ain't one thing, it's another. If it ain't one thing, it's another. So I want to share just a little bit about me and kind of how that hit home, and not for the sake of, of airing my dirty laundry, but just to kind of show you at a time in my life where I needed God's word and it hit. This was in 2015, which was, uh, since, I mean, it was the worst year of my life. I can just say that uh, clearly. I know 2016 was bad for most of, most of us, but 2015 was the worst. I graduated seminary, which sounds good on the front end, you know, all these prospects and hopes before you, but actually I left behind a very beloved community. Uh, that was a hard time for me, leaving that safe network of friends. And then I actually went on to a job that was very difficult. I was there for a year, and my, my wife Paige and I, we went to another church, and that was hard leaving our old church behind. And on top of that, I mean, just to make things worse, um, my grandmother died. 
uh, Paige's grandmother died, and I gained 10 or 15 pounds. I just lost who I was. I lost a sense of uh, what God was doing. I couldn't hear his word anymore. I mean, I heard it, but I wasn't really listening. I could, it wasn't sinking in. And so I find myself hiking on my off days at a mountain in Birmingham called Red Mountain. And I would often just listen to podcasts or, or, or music, whatever. And uh, one day, I was, I was hiking. I'd been out for maybe a mile or two, and it started just pouring down rain, uh, which sounds bad, but actually for me it was very healing. Uh, that rain kind of opened me up. And the song came on, a song I'd heard dozens and dozens, maybe, maybe hundreds of times before, uh, by one of my favorite bands, Emery. And Emery um, is not explicitly a Christian band or anything like that, but this album... Um, dealt very specifically with Christian themes. And in fact, the song that I heard uh, was sort of a, a, a take, if you will, on Peter trying to convince Jesus not to go into the Garden of Gethsemane, not to go in to die. And so it struck me, I realized, he's talking about Jesus. I mean, he didn't say it, but you knew that's what he was talking about. And it broke me down. It broke me down. I cried and cried and cried. And that's not my personality type. And I'm not trying to, you know, have a charade here or anything, but that... It hit me. God broke into me with his word through a song, and it drew me back to Scripture, and it drew me back to who he is, this loving, forgiving God who sent his son to die for us, and that's our hope. So Scripture is our foundation. That's how we know God, but it points to Christ and his work. And so when Isaiah said, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever, that's pointing ultimately to Jesus and his work for you. That word is sure and steadfast. Whatever you're facing today, whether it be a, a job difficulty or relationship difficulty or just personal junk that you have and we all have, that's not a sure word. God's word to you, though, is sure that he loves you and he forgives you and he has redeemed you by his uh, blood of his son. And that, my friends, we can anchor on to and hold to. And so if I'm encouraging you and going back to this, the reason I give to Calvary St. George is I work here, but even before I worked here, I gave. And the reason is, is because this word is consistently preached. And I'm not boasting for me or Ben or anybody else, but our mission is to get that word out to people. So if you want to invest in something eternal, something that will last forever, the word of God which stands, I invite you to pledge for Calvary St. George's. And hopefully, just hopefully, someone breaks down on a trail in Birmingham because they heard a good word. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.